0: This podcast is a part of the Benview Network. You can find this and other podcasts like it at BenviewNetwork.com. This podcast often contains controversial or mature topics you have been warned. Hello, and welcome back to the world's longest, most tedious, but most rewarding timeshare seminar in the universe. And the lovely piece of real estate we are trying to sell you is?
1: A timeshare on the moon of Io. Oh. with a glorious view of vol- volcanoes that are below your feet oh. that you may be falling into. Um,
0: oh.
1: But that's a good thing because it's so colorful. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that, that was pretty spot on because um, timeshares do try to sell you bullshit by trying to make it sound not so bad, so... Props, prop, props for um, selling me a volcano death. That's pretty good. And
1: uh, <laughs> you will have a, v- a lovely um, amount of small amount of fresh air. <laughs> and um, it's a bonus.
0: That's free on us.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and a gorgeous view of Saturn. Saturn. I uh- <laughs>
0: <laughs> you see. I was going to ask, is it, you know, is that Saturn or, is that a moon of Saturn or Jupiter? I think I know
1: things. I think it's Saturn.
0: (laughs) Oh, I'm going to say Jupiter, and then we'll find out who's right at the end. Oh, good. And then they get bonus (laughs) points. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Raygun Readers episode eight. We have been gone for two weeks, a combination of illness, which you may still hear, and uh, Thanksgiving.
1: My fault entirely for the illness. I don't know where I picked it up.
0: I'm but. assuming work. I'm assuming you got it at work.
1: Yeah, so... It
0: was bad. Um, We were only sick for maybe a few days, but affected our throats like crazy, so...
1: I know you guys couldn't live without us, but.
0: Recording sucks when you're coughing yeah. all the time! But... So, today <laughs> we're going to take it a little bit easy and just do two stories. One from a, um, a submission from the Short Sci-Fi Reddit, and another from everyone's favorite, the Creepypasta Wikia. And I you know what I forgot to look up who sent us this first one. Whoopsie, but that's okay, because I can look it up. Well, keep them entertained.
1: Um I I do dance right now, but I don't think that would entertain anyone because they can't see me. Um
0: well, don't let that crush your dreams.
1: Alright, I'm I'm dancing. <laughs> <laughs> Oh. Woo. Ah. <laughs> yeah all right um so i well i went to work today and then i came home today and then um i had a dinner
0: okay that's enough <laughs> this is a submission from august rockefeller whom we've read before we read uh ooh, sample return yeah sample return okay one of our first ones yes so thank you august rockefeller (laughs) thank you (laughs) what's so funny
1: nothing absolutely nothing
0: (laughs) thank you for filling that dead air
1: uh okay okay
0: so this is six sides of something
1: six sides wait does that mean it's six six sides that's that's a cube (laughs) (laughs)
0: ladies and gentlemen (laughs)
1: Well, Geometry
0: it could, specialist.
1: It, it could be a cube. Sorry.
0: Probably. Well, uh, yeah. No. A three-dimensional would be a cube, and then anything else can have six sides. If it's two-dimensional. What? Our cat's going crazy in the background. All right. Six sides of something by August Rockefeller. What's inside the black box?
1: Yevgeny.
0: Mm-hmm. How, do you, how do you say? Yeah, Yevgeny. That's, that's a right. real name. No, that's right. Yevgeny.
1: What kind of name is that?
0: Um, Russian, Eastern European.
1: Oh, okay. Yevgeny sighed and looked up from his cupboard. Clipboard.
0: Left- <laughs>
1: cut that out, please. Cut that out. No, that's no. staying in. No. Yes,
0: illiteracy always stays in no matter who does no. it. I just like the idea of a Russian uh, the, the looking up from his... And then Yevgeny looked up from I cupboard. I apologize
1: for mistakes and... Um,
0: Stop and be- apologizing and roll with it. <sighs> You're podcasting wrong.
1: I don't know. <laughs> Start it
0: over. This is your penance.
1: <laughs> then what am I doing? <laughs> okay, no, this isn't funny anymore. <sighs> okay, Yevgeny sighed and looked up from his clipboard. For the last time, Oleg, it it's not a box, it's a cube. There's nothing inside it except more
0: cubes. So you're right. It was a cube.
1: Oh. Took forever to figure that one out. <laughs>
0: Oleg circled around the plinth and the center of the clean room and peered over the top of his glasses at his exasperated colleague. It's definitely a box. Look at it.
1: Look at it? What do you think I've been doing for the last three weeks?
0: Complaining. Being boring. Shooting down my finely constructed theories.
1: I don't care for your theories, he spat.
0: Well, they're more interesting than yours. A cuboid crystal formed over billions of years from the slow accretion of blah, blah, blah.
1: From the slow creation of matter over cosmic timescales, he corrected, his eyes narrowing narrowing with impatience. This thing is unique, but wholly explainable by natural laws. It isn't an alien capsule, it isn't a birthday present from the stars, and it isn't a... What did you say yesterday? A robot egg?
0: <laughs> that is something I would say.
1: <laughs> that is. <laughs> this is a little too
0: close to home. Oleg chuckled as he bent down to inspect the object through, the, through his faceplate. Yeah, it is. It's one of those. Or all of them. I don't know. But it's definitely something.
1: Well, at least we agree on that, muttered Yevgeny. You don't know.
0: Okay, okay. Let's say that you're right.
1: I am right.
0: Let's say that you're right. This thing spends the last few billion years floating around in space, somehow accruing mass consisting of only one element, or a crystalline compound, or whatever. Never taking on, as far as we can tell, anything else whatsoever and implausibly growing into the shape of a perfect black cube. Then it somehow finds itself in the center of an asteroid which just so happens to land on Earth. Of all the places in the solar system, of all the empty space it could have floated through forever, this one very special meteor, of which we have never before seen another, just so happens to come down over... Oh, I'm gonna butcher this. Chelyab- Chelyabinsk?
1: Chelyabinsk?
0: Chelyabinsk? I'm, I'm terrible.
1: Chelyabinsk sounds right.
0: It does. So, I think it's uh,
1: Chelyabinsk,
0: and deliver its stunningly improbable cuboid crystal for us to study? Do you really believe that?
1: Yes, Yevgeny declared. I believe it because it abides by the natural laws. However improbable, however ridiculous you may find it, a slowly formed, super dense crystal is the only rational explanation. Rational? Yes.
0: Oleg smirked and shook his head. It's not a crystal.
1: Well, it's not a fucking egg, screamed Yevgeny, <laughs> his, eyes, his eyes bulging from his reddened face. Oleg stepped back from the platform upon which the object of their disagreement sat, and both men looked away from each other as an embarrassed silence hung in the air. <laughs> Yevgeny sighed heavily. Oh. What?
0: That's <laughs> just
1: what I do? Did I miss? No, no,
0: no, no. Uh, just that, that, that was very well written. I like, um, you know.
1: The, the, the awkward silence. The
0: awkward silence of a couple that's, you know, yelling and, you know. Are they a couple? No, but it, they're, they are acting like an they're old married space couple. Team. Space team. Bye. Good app game. Uh, you know, it's just kind of the, well, it's not a fucking egg. Look, I'm sorry I yelled. I, you know, I get angry at work and I've been under a lot of stress lately.
1: Yeah, really.
0: <laughs> it's, it's just funny. I like that. Look, Oleg, I'm sorry. A low hum filled the clean room, and the objects split apart down the middle. Where the two halves separated a pure and brilliant light burned brightly, causing Evgeny to raise his arms and shield his eyes. He looks over to his colleague, and through the glare of the illuminated faceplate, he could just make out Oleg's jubilant face, his eyes shining with alien light. Told ya. So it was a robot egg. <laughs> or it was an egg of some type. Well, it
1: was a robot cube.
0: It was a robot I've, I've cube. I've never seen
1: a... Well, that doesn't mean it's not possible. Just what, like, imagine trying to pass a cube instead of an egg. That doesn't sound like fun.
0: Depends on the orifice it's coming out. Um, and if it's a robot, then maybe it's a.
1: Well, we're assuming. I mean, somebody's assuming. So he says robot and egg, right? He, which one is he right about? The robot part or the egg part? Both. Or both. I think. We're both. assuming both, but we don't really know if it's a robot still.
0: Well, let's. We're For just sci- seeing.
1: Whoa, whoa, whoa! The the, the 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 cube splits in half. Yeah. And a light poops out. Well, and- just a
0: light is emitted from it. Yes.
1: Uh well, okay, that means that it's something. Yeah. That doesn't. The idea that it's. Uh, I don't know. All
0: right. Well. Whatever. From a science fiction standpoint, let's. I hate let's- to
1: have to poop a cube. That's it. <laughs>
0: let's let's theorize on this could a
1: let's theorize on a robot egg yeah no let's 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 really discuss this could
0: you make a robot could you make a robot that was its own self-reproducing factory and
1: why would it produce light
0: it just i mean okay so eggs already have within them life-sustaining uh nutrients and all sorts of complex shit on a like on a biological level right the eggs are actually pretty cool they're very sturdy they basically grow a life within them. So, if we're thinking way into the future and robotics is getting you know, just as advanced, I could plausibly see this. Uh, it's not so far-fetched. What is far-fetched is it being flung across the galaxy, of course, but... And well, why it know, came down in an asteroid. Well, if who we're knows? going in
1: that direction, right?
0: Well, that was part no, of the no, story. No, no, no.
1: But if we're going in that direction, where do people where do creatures lay their eggs?
0: Uh usually in places they can keep them safe. Nests uh, not always. in the dirt.
1: Not always. Sometimes they lay their eggs in places where they'll have food when they leave the egg.
0: But typically provided by well, if we're talking about the ones that ditch their eggs in other birds' nests and trick them, the, uh, what's that, what's that oh, bird I called? Oh, I forget,
1: but that's not really what I'm talking about. I'm talking like, oh, uh, what's a good am- animal, um, well, I don't even know.
0: No, you, the, I, crap, I can't, I, my biology is really bad right now. Well, what's your point as in regards to the robot egg?
1: Okay, a robot egg from an asteroid, protected yeah. by the asteroid, Yes. presumably with some form of nutrients within this cube egg. Sure. Lands on Earth,
0: yeah, to consume humans.
1: To consume all of either mankind. <laughs> to destroy or all humans.
0: <laughs> oh my God, <laughs> Futurama was right.
1: <laughs> well, if it if if they wanted the robot egg to grow, I imagine Earth in some way would provide nutrients.
0: Would robots not? Live? That it
1: really matters. I don't think the authors thought this far ahead. They clearly were just having fun with two characters looking at something they didn't know. What and it was. on
0: that note, it was a very fun little exchange. I quite liked it. Very comical, uh, but thought-provoking, because I want to know what robots sent this egg and why, and do robots eat humans? Is that a thing? I don't think that's ever really been done. Do
1: robots eat humans? You know, would they make- I think robots would eat humans if humans decided that robots should eat humans, or humans created an AI that would allow for robots eating humans.
0: I don't know if we want to get into the three laws right now. No, but no, no, we don't, don't, but
1: I'm just saying that... <laughs> As of now. Oh,
0: but what if someone programmed a robot to eat humans and sent it to Earth to destroy Earth?
1: Did they eat program crackers? Okay,
0: You're fired. <laughs> You're fired.
1: Okay, what would you say one more time?
0: No, it's okay. I don't know. Like, you could use it as a weapon, but I don't know why you wouldn't just program robots to kill humans. I mean, eating is kind of up close and personal. Anyway, that was Six Sides of Something by August Rockefeller. Thank you very much. That was great. Thoroughly enjoyed it. The uh, next one we're going to move on to. This is a short episode. This is going to be the creepypasta.
1: <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Because right now, you, you all can probably hear it. My voice is still actually kind of going.
1: Well, yeah, that's just because normally when you talk for longer than 20 minutes, you begin to sound like an old man. Well, that
0: and I'm still coughing all the time. It's really annoying. This
1: but... does not look like a short story. Oh, there it is. There's the end.
0: <laughs> not that the um
1: end. not that i'm trying to get to the end or anything i'm enjoying myself thank you very much
0: i'm a committed member of this podcast
1: totally committed
0: stop slurping into the mic is that bad yes because okay. i have to edit that out okay. and if it's when i'm talking i can't edit it out and it I sounds
1: that was what i was trying to add Do you Sound know when effects. people
0: eat into the mic or I... people hate that no same goes for slurping really no. a lot of people hate
1: okay that. all right now i know
0: there's some behind the scenes.
1: So I think we need a slurping button then, like a sound effect. You can do the sound. What is effect. this?
0: A soundboard? Yeah. Was this? A radio board. show? Yeah. What is oh, this? A what's podcast? What's the difference
1: between a podcast and a radio show?
0: One is interesting and actually requires effort.
1: Oh yeah. Versus, uh, 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 oh my gosh, it did happen on the radio once. Um, I was listening to the radio and this guy's like, "Shout out to uh, you know, Jennifer from Brian." I hope Jennifer's hot, unless, of course, it's your mom, in which case, and then he just continued. But that was really weird. Wow,
0: well, I've never cared about something so little in my life than what that you just told me. All right, well, you then have made our audience dumber by telling that story. Cut it out! Then. I'm kidding. God, I'm, kidding. I'm kidding. God, I'm being a dick. I'm yes. Being a dick.
1: Well, yeah, then this is a radio show. If you're being a dick, my point exactly.
0: Welcome back to KRQ, Paprika and the Biz. Anyway. <laughs> see, sounds stupid, doesn't it? We're on to
1: our next caller, the Kianmook Incident.
0: Mook Incident. This is from the Creepypasta Wikia. Uh, I don't see a credited author. Nope. No credited author. So we're off the hook. Not really.
1: Man, we can <clears throat> completely unleash the beast.
0: Incident Report. The Kiyomuk event. Summary. The exact details of the origin of the event are still being investigated, but some information has been retrieved. The event began began at 147 uh, a.m. October 21st, 2004, at the loading docks located 20 miles from Kiyomuk. N- Nunavut? How, what is it? In Russian and Eastern European places today.
1: I don't know. Make I was sound about like to ask jackass. you that.
0: The loading dock was utilized by the local populace to offload supplies from passing shipping vessels. Due to the topography of the waters around the island, an unusually deep channel was present along the shore, allowing large tankers to easily maneuver around the island and providing an effective shortcut back to shipping lanes. The island was used as a refueling and resupply depot for vessels leaving the inner islands, and the town that sprung up had a population estimated at 137 people. The town was located on the southeast side of the island due to the presence of a small protected bay and a sheltering hill line on that side of the island. Lot of description, but it's done well. So This sounds like a it.
1: real happening town.
0: One hundred thirty seven people and you basically are a place for ships to refuel right. that. That would suck. That's basically like no molasses.
1: Regular a regular um um pirate bay.
0: You're fired again. <laughs>
1: I didn't do that one on purpose.
0: Yeah, That's why you're fired again. <laughs> you're careless.
1: <laughs> you're a, what is it? You're a loose cannon. Get off the team.
0: loose cannon with those puns.
1: <laughs> also of importance was a small industrial compound that had been set up on the western side of the island in 2001 after purchasing land from the town government. The ostensible owner, Futuro Industries, has proven to be a dummy corporation, and attempts to trace the true owner have proven unfruitful.
0: Now, this you can still do today. Um, you make basically a fake corporation. Yeah, they're called shell corporations. You just basically make this LLC with little to no um, corporate officers to speak of. Uh, people do this all the time, so this is actually kind of a nice touch.
1: Statements taken by individuals who interacted with workers from this facility indicate the, fa- the facility was involved in chemical research. Though the nature of this research was unclear, mm-hmm. manifests for items offloaded for the facility were vague, fraudulent, or routine items. Of particular note was a manifest for delivery on October 15th. Cargo offloaded included two large chemical tanks of an un- unidentified non-hazardous chemical, and several pieces of unspecified heavy machinery. We have managed to track down one of the crew for that delivery, and he indicated that the machinery appeared to be some kind of scientific equipment. He also mentioned that the chemical tanks were handled and accompanied by Futuro Industries. He also noted that several crewmen who had entered the storage hold containing the tanks noted that the whole- that the hold felt unusually cold, even for winter. The witness states that the the tanks and equipment were offloaded without incident.
0: At this point, information becomes sketchy. What is known is that on the 21st at one forty-seven a.m., the Kiomuk Sheriff's Office reported a loud explosion from the western side of the island and what appeared to be a fire based on flickering light coming from that side of the island. He would radio in again at 1.50 that there was evidently no fire, as the light had died out. Subsequent investigation of the Futura Industries site indicates an explosion, and fire did occur at the facility. The e- explosion did destroy one building, but signs of fire were extremely limited. Scorch patterns indicate the fires burned for less than one minute before being extinguished. Okay, interesting.
1: Security camera footage. Recovered from the Futuro site in the loading dock was spotty. Cameras at the Futuro site were recording onto hard drives, and when the incident began and most were rendered inoperable or, or lost power due to the explosion, however, one hard drive managed to survive and record the incident. At once 47, a pressure wave and bright flash can be observed on the footage, followed by a flickering light consistent with fire. Over the next minute, the flickering light is extinguished. A low hanging cloud of white fog begins to spread around, across the ground, slowly growing denser and higher. At 1:52, the light illuminating the monitored area go out. The, the, the lights illuminating the monitored area go out, and the footage displays a warning that system is now on battery power and will shut down. The footage captured behind this on-screen warning is now completely dark, save for the occasional flicker of light.
0: Okay, so we have um, limited footage, explosion, quick fire ex- extinguishment, and or at least what they try- knocked out the power,
1: or at least they're trying to give the impression of a fire.
0: Yeah. Okay.
1: He's hmm. using the words "what is consistent with fire." Yeah. So.
0: Oh, I'm interested. So far, it's it's giving. It, it it has it's just the il- so
1: far it's just a lot of information. Well,
0: but that's the cool thing. It's, it has the illusion of a lot of information, but it's still very vague. And that's not an easy thing to pull off. I will respect that of the author. Footage from the loading dock was more easily retrieved. The dock system was a VHS based system, of course it was, and was not damaged in the explosion, so suffered no loss of power. The footage shows that at 158 a low heavy fog begins rolling in from the western side of the island. This fog appears to contain floating objects of what can only be described as snowflakes. This reminds me of, um, kind of Chernobyl, but ash. Like, when we had those really bad fires in San Diego. Oh, yeah. And ash was falling everywhere. kind of reminds me of that.
1: Oh, well, in security footage, you know, um, whatever lighting system might be in place lights up the area and creates those, um, what are, you know, what are sometimes considered to be ghostly orbs and stuff like that.
0: yeah. However, at several points, electrical energy appears to arc through the cloud, appearing to originate from the snowflakes. Okay. As the fog envelops on the light of, lights of the dock, the light can be seen to flash, then go out. This repeats as the fog overcomes each light. The fog swallows the first of the four dock security cameras. The footage from that camera goes blurry and then cuts off. Slowing down the footage, we have determined that what happens is a rapid crystallization of moisture inside the lens followed by fracturing of the lens and failure of the camera. At the same time code, a nearby camera records a bright flash. This repeats for each camera in succession.
1: So instead of being too hot, I it guess they cold. Yeah.
0: Or it was... Hmm.
1: And, well, they said that the liquid was cold to begin with.
0: Kind of like acting like liquid nitrogen uh, that's been electrified or crap. something.
1: An, an, an episode of Stargate is coming back up. Oh,
0: no. <laughs> no.
1: It's also set in Russia, no. so... <laughs>
0: <laughs> no
1: okay fine all right well this is a completely new story nobody's ever thought about any of this before at 205 kia Kiamuk's sheriff reports a low-hanging fog rolling in from the northeast shore weather r- records indicate a prevailing wind from the west that night and the hills likely prevented the floating cloud from rolling straight across the island the sheriff indicates he is sending his deputy with a chemical sensor to locate t- to location to test if the clouds contain toxic substances and the e- emergency response services should hurry up at 2:15 the sheriff radios in that he has lost radio con- contact with the deputy with his deputy and that the fog is sparking as it rolls into town
0: oh shit what kind of cool rolling fog that's electrified and super cold okay. i'm
1: guessing it's alive
0: Emergency responders approaching Kiambuk from the west around 200 or 2 in the morning report sudden and extreme blizzard conditions. One fire response helicopter is lost in the pop-up storm. The two boats responding indicate they are unable to approach the island due to frozen seas. This is a particular note as the route has been clear for the cargo ship on the 15th and ambient conditions for the previous week were unseasonably warm, which should have inhibited sea ice formation. Temperature data from the ship's instruments indicated an air temperature low of negative 50 Celsius. That's really cold. Weather maps for the time in question show an extremely dense storm, extending only a few miles off the shore of the island. After withdrawing several miles, the air temperature rises to negative 1 Celsius, unseasonably warm for the area at night. Okay.
1: There was no further communication with the island. The pop-up blizzard around the island persists for several days before subsiding, Observers indicate flashes of lightning and rumbles of thunder inside the storm, and emergency response crews are prepped to respond at the nearest dock. It is decided that the military rescue team will be the first in, in order to assess damage and decide what what resources are needed most critically. Overnight from October 25th to 26th, the storm rapidly abates. At 0900... October 26th, it is determined the storm has dissipated and first response by the Canadian Forces search and rescue has begun. Oh, are we oh this Canada? is Canada? Okay. <laughs> Not Russia. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> All right,
0: uh, Beth, you need to uh, explain how to pronounce those weird ass words. Video of their initial approach to the island by helicopter has been restricted due to security concerns. But summarizing, the island appears to be buried under large amounts of snow as they approach. However, as the helicopter comes down for a landing, the snow collapses and disperses under the rotor wash, revealing it as a layer of hoarfrost several feet deep. The copter touches down in the exposed area, and initial recon begins.
1: Oh, I've heard that before. What exactly is hoarfrost?
0: Hoarfrost. I forget. I think it's like it's it's frost that comes from really biting blizzard winds that doesn't really turn to snow and is easily kind of swept aside, but it's very like sharp and hits the face. Okay. I think that's what horror Frost is. I could be wrong.
1: So some sort of really, really um,
0: kind of jagged bubbly ice. Bubbly yeah.
1: version of snow, I guess.
0: The copter touches down in the exposed area, and initial recon begins. Air temperature is recorded as negative 20 degrees Celsius, while temperature at the staging dock 20 miles away is 5 degrees Celsius. And That's, that's positive that's 5. Also of note, ambient humidity is zero at Kiamuk. The rescue team clears the path to the nearest structure to the landing site, a residential dwelling. The exterior of the house is is coated in the thick hoarfrost present around the rest of the site, and all points of entry are frozen shut. After working on the door for several minutes, the team gains entry into the house.
1: Inside the house, there is a layer of frost coating everything the camera pans across. A search of the house finds two occupants in the bedroom. They are covered in heavy clothing and blankets, but appear to have been frozen to
0: death. Damn. Frozen to death. In probably a very short amount of time. Yeah,
1: probably very quickly.
0: At least it wasn't too long. The search of the island takes several days, during which the frost is broken up and the town unearthed. No survivors are found. A second team is also sent to the site for the Futuro Industries site. In addition to previously noted information about the site, it is important to note here that the conditions of the west- on the western side of the island are more in line with standard after-blizzard conditions. Snow has drifted as deep as six feet in some places, and wind has flattened all structures on the site not damaged by the explosion. Bodies of seven individuals are recovered from the site. Four appear to have died in the explosion, the other three present are far more injured. Inter- The other three present a far more interesting picture. Two recovered from the edge of the site appear to have frozen to death. However, a lack of frostbite in extremities or extracellular ice indicates a rapid freezing process of almost similar to flash freezing. The coroner estimates they must have reached temperatures near negative 200 Celsius in less than one second. Okay, so the sentient cloud is flash-freezing everything around it. Mm,
1: we need to bottle that cloud and make a freeze ray.
0: Mmm. Freeze ray. I hadn't even thought of that. I was so transfixed on death rays. Make me a freeze ray.
1: No. God damn it.
0: Why can't I have nice things?
1: Because you're not worthy.
0: Oh.
1: You think the knowledge I possess is just available for you. Okay. More interestingly... Closer examination revealed that the bodies did not cool from the outside to the inside, but rather cooled in a radiating pattern from a single wound. These wounds on the forehead of one victim and the hand of the other are around one inch in size and are, in the coroner's words, unlike anything he's ever seen before.
0: I call that an icy stigmata.
1: Cold. (laughs) Apply uh, apply some heat to that freezer burn. (laughs) His best approximation is that the th- th- uh, his best approximation is that it is similar to frostbite, but far more violent. The skin came into contact with something that reduced its temperature so fast that the cell simply disintegrated due to cellular contraction and intracellular ice formation. Brutal. As you move away from the wound, the severity is reduced but is still quite disturbing. His best guess is that they came into contact with something about the size of a quarter, that somehow drained all heat in their bodies in less than a second.
0: The final body throws more shadow onto the situation. The individual was killed by a massive electrical discharge, similar to what one might expect to see if he'd come into contact with high-voltage equipment. No high-voltage equipment was present when the body was found, and the time of death was estimated to be around the time of the explosion. The burn patterns of the wound indicate the electricity struck him in the center of the chest. Again, not consistent with coming in contact with high-voltage equipment by mistake. It bears more similarity to a lightning strike, though at far lower voltage and amperage.
1: The survey of the Futuro site turned up no information. All the data—all data was stored on electronic devices which shorted out or were damaged in the explosion. All material recovered from outbuildings is either standard residential or industrial equipment that is normal for a remote location. The contents of the main building were destroyed by explosion, fire, or blizzard, though the remains of the lab equipment indicate it was some kind of laboratory for superconductor research. However, it was data uncovered in Kiamuk that would finally shed some light on what had happened. A digital camera was found near one of the resident's bodies. The camera contained a flash memory card with several photos and a single video on it. The photos appeared to be standard family photos, but the video, dated October 21st at 2.21 a.m., has proven crucial to uncovering the truth of the incident. No transcript is available as there is no sound on the recording, but I will summarize the content.
0: So this has now turned into a found footage movie. However, I would be interested to see this as a found footage movie. There's no m- real monster we know about except maybe an ominous cloud. And there's a lot of weird shit happening with the weather environment. This, so I'd be interested to see oh. this as a video. Just saying.
1: Well, I mean, I don't know what you do for found footage. I like this. There's really no characters to be had. There's just. Uh, just just uh, make characters out of the investigators. There's an explosion. There's a, uh, a blizzard, and there's an electrical discharge.
0: I think you can do it, but I, we'll discuss I, I, that. Hmm. The video starts abruptly. The camera is being pointed out a window, and it takes a moment to focus. When it does, the subject of the shot is apparently a strange white fog rolling down the street. The camera swings slightly and zooms in, showing that there are what appear to be snowflakes in the fog rolling slowly. There is a person standing in the street, apparently observing the fog rolling in. The next event is difficult to observe due to the quality of the video, but it appears one of the snowflakes land on the left side of the person's exposed neck. At this point, the person suddenly begins a spasm and falls to the ground after a second. It is difficult to make out, but it appears that his right leg is broken off just above the ankle, with the foot remaining stuck firmly to the ground. Oh, so he was like flash frozen in his weight. Yeah. Okay. The camera zooms in and we can see the right half of the person's face has turned blue and appears to have frozen, both figuratively and literally. After a few more moments, there is a bright flash and the footage ends. A frame-by-frame analysis of this flash indicates it appears to begin at the victim's left shoulder as an arc of electricity that is extending towards the house where the video is being shot from. Subsequent review of the logs of investigation of the town identifies what appears to be the body in the video. It was frozen solid, with its right foot broken off at the ankle but still upright a few feet away from the rest of the body. The house where the video was shot shows signs of a major electrical discharge scorching the siding just beside the window. The body of the frozen man shows significant cold damage to the extremities and major tissue damage on the far left, on the left shoulder and left side of his face consistent with a lightning strike. At this time, we have no further leads. Weather patterns at the island return to normal by November 1st and there has been no unusual weather reported since. Mm,
1: This is more of a... In a lot of ways to me, this is more of a traditional creepypasta than a sci-fi story.
0: It's not even a traditional creepypasta. It's not? No, because this is not trying to make you believe it's real, or make you think it's real for just a little bit. I mean, well, that... It's not trying to unnerve you that much. It's more just a very good descriptive little short horror story that... I think there is a bit of sci-fi in it. I think it's discussion of flash freezing, electrical arcs. I think there's a sci-fi element in there, and I do appreciate it, but it is a little too descriptive for its own good. And because there's no real narrative, there's no real character we can look through, it kind of just is a recitation of facts. And it is interesting, and I like the and idea. as far as
1: creepypastas go, that's as good a clean to to reality as anything else is just a description of facts uh, no really. emotion no appeal to emotion no
0: no 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 the russian sleep experiment is all about an experiment but and it's there's no real perspective in that one either but that's a creepypasta that is you read well, it for the that's first still, time
1: regardless of whether the characters are named there are still characters in that story exactly there's no real characters in this everybody's just a body exactly
0: so, so this is less traditional creepypasta and more just, I think, short horror stories. Regardless, as
1: far as comparing it to traditional creepypasta sci-fi stories, I think it's more of a traditional
0: I think it's just a short horror story.
1: Okay, well, yeah. Creepypasta but, is different
0: in that it's trying to be realistic and trying to convince you. This is just kind of like, look at my cool look, idea. This is
1: on the creepypasta
0: website. That doesn't matter. Like I've told you many times, the what a creepypasta is has changed, and the standards... While they may be enforced, are very loose these mm-hmm. days. Whatever short horror you want to put up, can make it on here as long as it's not complete and utter shite. But that doesn't make it what creepy pasta traditionally was. I would say this is just a short horror story, and it's decent. But like I just said, it so, is too I descriptive mean, for its own good. Well, I
1: mean, like this is just a horror story to I me, mean, regardless exactly. of of um, whether it's uh, um, a. You know, a big blob ice monster that's walking around going, freeze away, freeze away, freeze away. Or a cloud with little um, fireflies in it that are touching you. Which is
0: cool. I like that idea. But because it's so descriptive in its imagery, I almost feel like it should be an animated or like a film short. And it doesn't really do much as a written story because, like you said, there's no characters. There's no narrative really there's uh, there's no perspective we can see through it's there's there's just kind well, of there is
1: a perspective we can see through we're, we're basically looking from an investigator's
0: perspective there's and i'm fine with the incident report structure and i've written stories like that yes you have but you have to have like i include dialogue i include stuff from people who are named so you can reference back to that this seriously just is an incident report like it's too accurate in what it's portraying that it loses a bit of artistry, and it's not as compelling. That being said, there's no huge grammatical errors. The language is good. The diction is good. So this is well written. It's just not that interesting. Um, if this and was to what be re- I
1: would have said before I was so rudely interrupted was that um, as far as stories go, it's, it's just a monster in a place, a remote area. I,
0: I mean, I don't mind it being a kind of ill-defined entity i'm okay with that because that can be used to great advantage and i do like the monster quote-unquote that has been created here i like this idea of a flash freezing cloud that kind of rolls over an entire island that's cool but it does lack everything else lacks any type of i guess human connection i don't know how else to phrase it I wasn't really brought into it. Not that the monster isn't cool, but because it just kind of rolls through a town, and that happened. We don't know a lot, but it happened. This it, happened. It, yeah, you know, it, it's it's too matter of fact. Well,
1: even if it were true, okay, hey, uh, this is a this this really happened. It's, Life is over as we know it.
0: I don't know. Yeah, it, it's definitely it's missing some charm, but still, I mean, I kind of wish I knew the author because they do have they have intelligent writing. They just need to make it a bit more uh, compelling. That's about it. What have we got for comments? Two comments.
1: 10 out of 10.
0: <laughs> how are there no comments on this? 10 out of 10. It's not 10 out of 10, but I can see how someone would put that because it's not a piece of shit every that most uh, most stories are on the wikia. Do, do. I well, enjoyed hey, look, this quite a there's bit. There's
1: also a fad for Curse 3 goes uh, uh, giddy. Gritty. Oh my god.
0: I enjoy this quite a bit. The realism is fantastic, as is the sense of wonder you're left with upon completion. Mm, no, no. Well. Maybe for them. Maybe for them. Thank you, everybody. Uh, we're back. We're going to try and get back on our once a week episode schedule. Sorry for the and delay.
1: I, I think attempt to read more sci fi e things.
0: Yeah. I mean, I was trying to do more. I've got well, many, many more submissions. Um, but always accepting more if you want to put any in. So yeah, thank you very much and stay tuned to these messages.
1: I'm a little space port.
0: Short and flat. Hello, Benview fans. If you're listening to the show that has the sad, you like the network, so I'm here to say maybe consider checking out Popsicles, a show where a guy mainly doesn't say anything for a while, and then get people get mad at him because he hasn't seen the same things they've seen. Benson's just being being hard That's on that- himself. That's what the show seems like to me. All right, well, you can listen to Popsicles. <laughs> Scott, Derek, and me, Brendan Creasy, and Benson—he's a big part of the show. Don't let him undersell it. <laughs> you can listen to it on the Benview Network website, benviewnetwork.com, or go to popsiclespodcast.com or wherever you find podcasts. If you like Radio Brendo Man or the late but great Picture Start or Benson Blue Box, this show's got all three of those on.
1: Listen to me get browbeaten by by these two. <laughs> For ninety minutes every every few
0: months.